Alvaro is back. Here we are bringing you footy from the fans' perspective. 21 rounds done. Upsets, memorable results. It was an unbelievable round, and, and we're really heading to an unbelievable finish to the season. Seb, teams back in good form, teams going into bad form at the wrong time of the year. It's all happening. How did you find it, and how are you? Oh, fantastic, Tom. I um I had the pleasure of being in the president's function pre the North Melbourne Essendon game. Oh, that's a hear uh Matty Lloyd and Anthony Stevens recount some tales from the nineties about how they just both clubs genuinely hate each other. They had marshmallows out in the tables. Um oh, that's, that's so some a bit sharp of, stuff. Yeah. Bit of fun. It was it was it was good fun and then got to watch Ben Cunnington's last game. He's been a true warrior. For our club, and I like this is no joke. I'll never see that individual again. Like he will just about disappear off the face of the earth. And and good on, good on him because he's had an outstanding career. Um, Super underrated, if you ask me, Seb. Well, I mean, there's lots of retirements, but yeah, his was one that struck me. I, you know, you did probably see it coming, but had an unbelievable career. You probably look at that what maybe 2013 to 2020 patch where he was just top of the comp in contested possessions, smashing records. and Well, he still holds the record for most contested possessions in a game with 32. So yeah, that's just... in this day and age where you have to win the contested possession to win the game, that's that's pretty pretty underrated. And and he was obviously – he fit our club and our culture pretty well. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. And there's obviously – we might talk about a few other retiring players, but that game had – Minimal impact, I think, on where the top eight's going to end up. Um, there was some exciting stuff from Friday through to late Sunday. Yeah, so you've you've got the line through the bombers. Then you've been on them all year. You, you didn't. Uh, you think they're just making up the numbers based on what you saw on Saturday? They have to. I think they have to win out. I think they have to win out. So they've got to beat the Giants up there and then beat the Pies. In the last round, their chance against the Pies is probably enhanced if Collingwood have absolutely nothing to play for. Yeah, yep. um, which looks like they will at this point. Um, I guess they probably want Collingwood to come out and beat Brisbane, and then Collingwood have got top spots sewn up, nothing yeah, then... to worry about, and then they might sneak one in. But I mean, they got to go beat the Giants, who were coming off a pretty underwhelming loss against the Power. So it's all. I mean, your ladder predictor. Teams can go from fifth or sixth down to twelfth in the blink of an eye. Um, really, really fun exercise. Oh, it, it's nuts. I mean, it, try even just getting nine tips. It just in general, like it can't be done. I know, like we gave the predictor a go. Yeah. What was that? Probably five, four or five weeks ago. Yeah, we did. You say that, Tom, but I tipped eight, and the one oh, I got effort. wrong was tipping North to beat the Bombers. So. Oh, geez. Well, hats off for that. That's obviously an ambitious one tip, to, but... to get one back on your comp. Are you, how are you going? Are you you're up there, by nah, the way? No good. No, no good. good. I promised a winner, a prize for the winner. I was expecting to win, so I wasn't going to give the prize. So <laughs> really got to scramble here. I might say finals count and buy myself another four weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, get some time. But it was, it was just, it was on. And I mean, it was on from Friday night. That was a ripper. Colin yeah, it was. Huge game that one. Just a well, might be up there. Not not quite game of the year, but geez, it was it was two good teams in a high scoring shootout, which you 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 just love seeing ebbs and flows in that game. I mean, balls legit kicked out on the full that were somehow paid. 
Uh, and then Jezza goes bang. He, uh, you, I love a full fight, Jeremy Cameron. It's just one of the great highlights in the comp, kicking a lazy seven. But yeah, Collingwood just came to the party. I mean, we everyone's been pretty keen to knock him off the perch, and you know you can't blame us for doing that. I'm I'm in that line, but yeah, it was a bit of a statement win from them. It was. I mean, if you if I said to you or a Collingwood fan pregame that you're going to sub, you're going to sub Darcy Moore out at the end of the first quarter. Um, to go, he's going to be under an injury cloud, and obviously Dacos isn't playing. And you're going to you, fall behind three goals to Geelong. Like, you'd be like, all right, well, we're probably going to lose this one. But they fought right back and got in front. And, like, the eight-point the eight point margin at the end is not really nah, symbolic. Flattering. Collingwood yeah. were, were sort of in control for the last few minutes. There was a goal on the siren where... David Roden sort of signaled a point, a bit of confusion, a bit of fun for everyone playing at home. Um, but they were they were in control of that game. Um, and like, Jer- Jezza was on fire. I mean, he's he's kicking them from out of bounds. Um, literally, I'd, I'd still... I was really baffled because the commentary team didn't say anything until after the ad break and after the dust had settled. And I'm sort of like, you're out of bounds. It, it was and, clear, maybe to the viewer at home. I don't know if, well, they, I mean, they're watching the game, you assume, but they've got screens there too. Like, you just know when a ball's out. You know when a ball's line ball, but that one was well out. Yeah. I can forgive the judgment on the other one just with angles and everything else. And you've got to judge when the ball's out in sort of a curved line. Like, I still think they got it wrong, but there's some black and white there. There's some gray area there in timing and judgment. <laughs> that putt intended, black and no, white? I don't know if you meant the, that. The other one's black and white. Jeremy's out of bounds. The handball goes out of bounds. Um, should have been free kick Collingwood for insufficient intent because... Oh, that's your rule going forward. No, well, there's no intent to keep it in, was there? He handballed it out of bounds. Like, that's just the technicality, but it's 100% true. Um but that was allowed, and I think uh, Jazz are kicking seven. That's what you don't want to see if you're sitting fifth or sixth and the Cats sneak into the finals. Um, an informed Jeremy Cameron spells yeah, just warming up danger. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, but yeah, you throw in all those those things, and then yeah, if, to just rally after half time like they did. I don't often say that word rally after half time. Sounds like it belongs in a different sport, but they they just went up a notch. Uh, I guess I've potted Collingwood for just, you know, doing the business, playing teams at their level, but playing longer and harder and getting the job done. But that was a genuine example of them going up another gear. And, you know, everyone's uh, loving Nick Dacos, Josh Dacos, probably his best game. I don't know if he's in all Australian calculations. He might sneak into the squad just at best, but uh, yeah, he, he was super. He was outstanding. Um, and yeah, they, I still, I, you know, big, Big Brody Mychek's kick five, but I'm still, I'm still iffy on on the Collingwood forward line, and it's weird to say that after they've just cracked the ton and and whatnot. But you know, are you are you comfortable that they're going to you know raise the flag if they do with the spread of twos, threes, ones, midfielders, goals, a couple of small forwards bobbing up? Is it is it the way forward? Is what well, I'm saying. Like we're seeing some key forwards go berserk, but you know, I is think- it? I think that's more likely winning a final than having kicking 15 goals and relying on Jeremy Cameron and Oliver Henry to kick 11 of them. 
Yeah, like, so you're, you're on the you're on the Collingwood method. You reckon it, it yeah, can work my, this September? My, my query on Collingwood with that forward line and that makeup is if it's a tight game late and you need the forward just to take a pack mark. Like we're talking the last ten minutes of a grand final here, right? Legs are out. Like you shot from the whole year. You've given everything. You like the intensity lifts from the prelims to the grand final by another notch, right? So that it just takes more out of you. So late in that game, you're just another level of cooked. And that's when the big forwards can just clunk one and slot one and you get one easy, right? Without having to do all the other work. And that's what they that's what they lack, but they've sort of got everything else around it. So, you know, you can is look, some people look at Collingwood and go, Well, they don't do this and they don't have that and they don't have this, but they do a hell of a lot of other things right. So yeah, I'd like them to have a big power forward. They don't have it. It's not that's not going to be the reason they don't win a grand final. It could be the reason they may not get over in a close one, but it's not going to be the reason they cannot win it. But yeah, there it is. So yeah, I mean they've basically wrapped up top spot. I know they play the Lions this week, but and well, and the Bombers to follow. But would it be a fair slip to lose top spot? So you'd think they've wrapped that up. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, if Geelong got them here, it might have been a little bit more suspect. But Melbourne were the other one, and they. They dropped to Carlton, so uh, it looks looks pretty solid, pretty solid, pretty much locked up. Uh, but stranger things have happened, Tom. I won't say it's certain until it's written in pen after round twenty four. Yeah, round twenty four. Well, let, let's get to that game because that that was the other. Well, I mean, there's monster games everywhere, but this one was was large as well. Uh, do have to give a shout out to the Matildas. That that was an unbelievable result that just wiped the first quarter from this one from from a lot of people's view, uh, as it should. Uh, pretty historic moment. So congrats to them and hope they can beat the Poms this coming Wednesday. That'd be even more huge. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't didn't see that first quarter myself, Seb. So I, I don't think I missed much. It was so what, nine to six. Before we before we talk about the, that game, I, I really rated the AFL's decision to try and schedule things around the game and push them back and move them forward and whatever. Why they didn't allow for – they allowed enough time for all of extra time to be played, but not penalty kicks was beyond me. Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't great, man. It might be getting know, a bit late in Melbourne to be playing at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, you know, God forbid. Um, the fact the MCG then turned the game off the screens was quite funny. There's people. MCG was selling it as a you know come and come to the game early. Yeah. You could watch the game. And then they just turn it off on them. Um, I learnt that Sam Kerr is Daniel Kerr's brother. I did not know that. Like the West Coast Eagle Dan. champion currently in prison. That Daniel Kerr. Because Kerr is a reasonably common surname. I didn't. I didn't. Put you just the wouldn't have thought it. Because Daniel Kerr retired in 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, and he's a sporting ability in that family. Bloody hell. Yeah. And. For all the people watching it, if you picked 99% of them off the street and asked them to name three players, they would struggle. But they all got behind the cause, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I was thinking, you know, games were moving, except the one game that was on at the same time was also in the same state. I know, like, they probably couldn't have crystal balled that Brisbane was going to play when that game was on, but... I don't know if that was ideal, but anyway, you know, you, well, you make your choice. You've that got game flights is... in and out already booked and you've got like, you've got broadcasters as well. Like Fox literally pay to have the rights to the games all the way through. Um, and Fox would have done quite well because Channel 7 actually kept the, 
the Matildas on. So Fox would have got anyone who wanted to watch the Carlton Melbourne game, they could flick over to Fox and watch it. So you, they were never going to be able to fully do it, but to try and give it airtime in a reasonable way was was pretty good. Um, it, look, it was smart too because I, I, I genuinely think people would have gone and watched that game and maybe given the D's Blues one maybe a late turn up or a miss. So it was, uh, you know, from the AFL's perspective, smart. And yeah, just, just, yeah, good, good for any sport fan out there, Aussie sport fan. So I did like seeing that. So yeah, I'm with you. That was a good call. All right. But the Carlton Melbourne game, another nine goal to eight classic. These teams love the defensive. <laughs> I knew you'd be on that straight away. Well, this is the thing that, that did my head in. So not did my head in, but, uh, Oh, you'll love me mentioning this, Seb. So there's a there's a final in 2010 where the, the Saints are playing Geelong. It was a famous game where, you know, Cam Moody dived into James Gould's back. It was a free kick. Lingy kicked the goal. Anyway, in that game, Lee Matthews goes, oh, there's, there's five minutes left. There's no way, you know, there's not going to be more goals in this contest. He was wrong. There wasn't any more goals. So I'm like, oh, five minutes is a reasonable amount of time. That's the yardstick I've had for years. What? what 9.30 to go on the clock uh, and the scoring just, just dried up completely in this one. Was it because of the tight contest or was it just genuinely two teams that were just finals footy, finals atmosphere, throwing themselves at it and it was just a just a struggle or a slog at the end? But I, I did think that was a quirk of that last quarter that, you know, the, the goals were raining early in that first part of it and it just dried up completely. Well, there... The, both these teams are built on a defense-first attitude. So we know Melbourne have had their struggles. They sort of come out of it, gone back into it. Even when they played Carlton earlier in the year, when Carlton was struggling, they, not, Melbourne still, I think they won that one, eight goals to seven. So so as result got out of hand. Um, although I believe there was a goal kicked but not awarded quite late in this <laughs> one, though, Tom. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that's sort of the headline out of this one. Um Again, the arc in in question. What's um, the point of the arc if if we can't get this one? Like, see, what's the point? Just let the umpires call stand and move on. Like, yeah, well, you've been big on that, so you you just abolish the system because it it you know should it have overturned this one? I mean, from what you saw, was it touched? It didn't look touched. I still can't be sure. But if all of this technology can't be sure, what's the point? We're not. We're not getting them all right. We're getting some of them a little bit more right, but even then it looks like we're getting them wrong. We can't overturn Jeremy Cameron's goal from the boundary, even though if you watch that replay, you could clearly see he was out of bounds. But then if we bring that in, we're suddenly open a can of worms. Just get rid of the thing. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm so confident it doesn't enhance the game until we can just quickly review in 10 seconds and say yes or no with 100% accuracy. Or... <laughs> 95% accuracy, not 30% of the time yes, 30% of the time no, the other 40% it's umpire's call. That's that's the problem with it. Like, it, it, it's very similar to cricket, right? In cricket, it's worse. But in cricket, you can have the same ball bowled twice and one will be out and one will be not out based on the umpire giving it and the technology can't say definitively one way or the other whether it's out. So you can have the same shot at goal here one will go through the goals. If the goal umpire called this a goal, that goes down in the books as a goal. If he called it a point, it goes in the books as a point. 
yeah, without with technology. or without the technology, yeah. that happens anyway. So the technology is not doing anything; it's just slowing the game down at points where it doesn't need to be slowed down. Just get rid of it and move on. And and if we have Tom Hawkins hitting the post in the grand final, maybe those so, are reviewed and they just bring him back. Like if we're already going all the way to to, to um, the center bounce, you can quickly bring everyone back. You haven't lost anything in that regard. I just. Well, I mean, you're talking 30 seconds where we're waiting around as fans versus it going back, and that 30 seconds, I guess, the game's mentally moving on. So I'm with you on that. Um, I, I think, yeah, you're right with the technology. I'm big on – I don't know why. We can do montages and slow-mo, and you can see I, – I don't, I don't know if the tech can keep up with how quick our game is, and it probably – well, it doesn't, but we should be able to get a – I could be being, I could be dreaming here, Seb, but I, I don't know why we can't get a high definition or higher definition image than we get. It, it's literally a slow mo that's got motion blur, and you can't tell what's what. I mean, Munch Bank, it looked like his fingers may have bent, but we don't know if that was just you know as the ball whooshed by or if he actually touched it. And you know, you, this is the example you don't like because it affects games and it affects big games. So. <laughs> It's it's just shocking. And the other point I don't actually like is, you know, you have an umpire's call, that's fine. But when it goes up on the screen, don't say umpire's call. If you're in the crowd, you might not have heard that. You might not know. Just say it's a goal or a behind. That's all we want to see when the result comes through. Like, don't say umpire's call. It doesn't mean anything. Everyone was looking around saying like, oh, the umpire's call was the point. Oh, that's what it was. Just Just tell us it's straight. Yeah, oh, look, they could do a lot of things. But, I mean, it's money. Instead of putting money in the high-def cameras, we're going to pay Damien Hardwick to top up his super on the Gold Coast, Tom. That's where the <laughs> AFL's priorities lie. Um, True. But, look, it was – I think this goal review has taken a little bit of the sting out for Carlton, or maybe the sting's not the right word, but they've just beaten Melbourne, who people were saying should be the number one seed or the premiership favourites over Collingwood. That's no yeah. mean feat. Um, Clayton Oliver's back. He played his first game, had his second highest um, number of tackles in a game, which shows he was, I think, raring to go. Um, and the, I guess the other thing I've put out of this game is, I believe, the Grandy or the Grundy, the, 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 the Grawn, whatever you want to call it, the dual ruck experiment, um, probably won't be here in September. Yeah, well, yeah, I've I've got to agree with you on that one. But they also didn't fully commit to it. I think I saw Grundy had sixty percent game time, so he he probably, I mean, I without checking what he usually had, but I, I'm hazarded a guess that he plays more than that usually. But yeah, they they just he barely rucked as well. So you know, they they really is that fl- that's flirting with your form isn't it like they had something that worked they've tried to rejig it obviously losing petty it's sort of put their forward line out slightly tommy mcdonald hasn't had a great game in the vfl so he's not knocking the door down so you know was it one more one more try one more exposed example and and now you can put it in the book and it, it doesn't work and move on yeah i i think that's what it was i mean they're desperate for bailey fridge back um and he'll walk into that side and just give them an element of class up forward um, with his goal kicking. So it, yeah, I mean, the talk is Grundy will request a trade at the end of the year, unless Melbourne can guarantee him a spot. And based on all the form this year, they really can't. And if they do, 
they're probably lying to him. Um, but uh, there's something there's something about the demons. They know how to talk a ruckman into coming. I mean, Braden Proust left yeah, North Braden Melbourne Proust. for opportunity and went to Melbourne behind Max Gorn. Um, I don't know. It, not not the smartest move. Grundy's left Collingwood and picked Melbourne as his destination. Melbourne went hard and sold it to him, but picked Melbourne as his destination to then like literally be dropped because he's not the preferred choice ruckman. Um, and there'd be probably it'd be at least 12 other sides where I think he would come in and be the preferred. So he, he, they wouldn't keep him. He, he's not, you know, I know Max, he's what, how many years do you reckon he's got left? Three, two, three, four. I, I don't know, but it wouldn't be sort of succession plan. Cause Grundy's not exactly a spring chicken himself. No, it, it couldn't be succession plan. Um, Grundy will want out. Melbourne will want to keep him because if anything happens to Max, they be in a world of hurt and he can just step in. So Melbourne will want to keep him or find a worthy sort of backup. But like Grundy's too good to be playing twos. It's not a. It's no, not you a, could see that. There's a lot of other ruckmen out there that might just sit behind and, and go all right. But no, you couldn't. You couldn't do it to Grundy. So that that in trade week will be interesting to play out. Um, the other one is. I heard this get mentioned this morning on radio, but I've also heard it the other week. Um, James Harms will be requesting a trade as well. Um, uh, that was swirling around, I reckon, last year, wasn't it? He, uh, he, he it. tried to get out last year. He had two years left. He's got one year left on his deal. Um, but no, he, he just wants to play. He's not, he's not getting a game every week, and that's purely what it comes down to. And, and he'll try and get out at the end. It doesn't worry anyone now. They're, they're flying for a flag, and they're right there in the mix, but I like that'll that'll come out basically once their season's over and we hit into trade week he'll he'll request a trade and, and we'll see where he goes. Yeah, that that's interesting because yeah, you you know, the clubs have obviously navigated this before, but you don't want to see too much of that, I guess, depth level leaving can leave you a little bit exposed if you you cop a few injuries and and whatnot, but you look, you can't blame the players for wanting to uh, to go out and seek those opportunities. Just back on the ruck thing, I think, you know, we're, we're talking Gorn and Grundy, but I, I think I want to give the Carlton ruck some credit. Pitney, he's been solid, but Tom DeConing, I think, has had a real good last month. Um, saw him firsthand last week, sort of spark them in the third quarter. Good again this week. You know, that that's what they want. They want the big clunk uh, kicking a goal, you know, rucking pretty well. I think he held his own, if not I don't want, I don't know about beating Max, but he was he was more than competitive, more than I thought. So he he's added something, especially now that he's put pen to paper. And I was I don't know what you think about this, but you know, do you do you muck up the mix? I mean, is is Deconing given the value he adds as a ruck gonna be more beneficial to Carlton as that sort of second forward behind Charlie than big uh, Harry? well, it's interesting if Harry could play part time in the ruck. That would then, you know, Mark Pitney may may find himself out of favour. Then it it probably depends on what they're willing to do. But playing the four of those tools, would yeah, be hard so, to sort of envisage that in September. Which which is interesting because you know I mean Coleman Medlis and you can say what you like about it, but he still did win the medal and he's you know got f- that flaws that get pointed out, but he is a good player, Harry. So he'd be he'd be a very good player not to be playing in that team. So, you know, it is a conundrum because uh, it's working now without him 
you know, it, it's that old uh, argument, Seb, but I, I was just interested in a little bit of the talk there. To Koning, you know, if he can add two goals a week, you, you can't take that out of the side. He adds plenty. So, look, good problems to have at Carlton. Yeah, lots of good problems at Carlton. Um, they are – It's if you look at the uh, – Look at the ladder predictor. They are very likely to finish fifth. They've just got to win one out of their last two games and and no one can really catch them based on the current ladder. Um look, I, I think I think they're I know look, they could probably lose two and still drop out, but I, I think they'll make it. Yeah. Oh they're they're, they're in the box seat. It, look, and I've I've been big on Essendon getting in all year, right? But Carlton control their destiny a hell of a lot more than the bombers at this point. Um, Bombers have to rely on other teams to lose and also they have to win. And even if they win two, there's no guarantee. So um, that's the spot you want to be in, controlling your, your destiny. And, and Carton have got themselves there. Full credit to the Blues. Yeah, not, not something we were uh, picturing saying. Well, we, while we're on teams that have surprised us and teams that we've put the line through, I, I didn't um, didn't mind the performance of Sydney, Seb, but now they've jumped up to seventh and they're looking good the swannies we we both probably sunk sunk the boots in and called their season over and they've just rejuvenated themselves and you know if they sneak a final does does buddy come back for for one last game uh, an elimination I, potentially uh, you, you, I mean, I you have the swans making it for a start i don't you, you don't sneak them in no no i well i don't think they're much good that might be harsh to say, but um, I have Adelaide beating them this week, and then they play. Uh, it's a big one. They play Melbourne at the SCG, yeah, Melbourne SCG, and I have Melbourne winning that. If they can sneak one of them, I do have them getting in. That's a well, big... that game's massive against Adelaide because I, th- I think Adelaide. Well, you know they've got West Coast at the end, so they'll win that. But basically, win this, and they they almost they've been making my predictive ladders the Crows. Yeah, I think the Crows get him, but it like there's about four games this weekend that really directly impact it. Like Collingwood, Brisbane will do the top four. Essendon Giants, the winner of that, puts themselves a chance to get in. St Kilda Cats win, and you're in pretty much. Adelaide, Sydney, all impacting it, um, and the rest are top eight sides playing bottom sides. So, um, yeah, they're. You just got to keep winning. You've just got to keep winning, and it's fascinating to watch these games. Um, I really wish it'd be fascinating watching them all at the same time as well, not knowing who's going to finish <laughs> up where and jump up. But we'll probably never get that. Um, next Saturday night will maybe be one of the closer things because you'll have the Giants playing the Bombers in the twilight slot, and then both games. It's fifteen minute difference, but St Kilda, Geelong, Adelaide, Sydney on the Saturday night, both sort of of kicking it around. So that la- that live ladder, if you're watching, will be uh, all oh, over yeah. the shop. Oh, look, I'll be all over it, Seb, because the Saints will be playing and will be part of that live ladder, so I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. Um, look, I, I love the, the turn that the Swans have made. Um, you know, they've just started winning games that I think we thought they should be winning. I, I think... Maybe I give them a pass for a bit of immaturity in the young group. They obviously have had massive backline issues, um, lots of outs down there. Um, but you know they've they've turned into a brand that's winning games. So yeah, I mean two games to go. That Adelaide game's massive for them. But 
I thought we'd potted them this year and that they, they have turned the corner and now sitting seventh. So they're looking like a team that, that should make it, but they look it's on, on them to do it. Um, and they look like they want to be there, unlike a certain team that played on Sunday that just shot themselves in the foot. I think we potted them last week, Seb, the dogs I'm talking about, as a team that has just blown their prime. Um, I think we've jumped on that argument. This just confirms it. This was just an absolute... I mean, Hawthorne in great form, full credit to the Hawks, and um, you know they're, they're flying this week. Um, but this was just a shocking loss for the dogs, and now they've now they're vulnerable. They are, and you're right. We did call it. We said it's it's a real Western Bulldogs thing to then get 16th. Right, you're right. You win this, and you you're in. You're going to make your own destiny for the finals, and to go down there and and lose to them. I mean, I I said this weeks ago, and I, th- I think you thought I was a bit mad, and I called out Bevo and Marcus Bond and Pelly. How when you're down by three points is Tim English taking a kick out? Well, that was what I was going to go with this, Seb, because that that is uh, screams lack of leadership. (laughs) For one, I mean, there's so many angles you could take on this, but for one, obviously, he's massively uncomfortable doing the actual kick out. So that's a start. But then two, he's an an amazing option to kick to if you're taking a kick out. So you're just robbing yourself in a number of ways. I I don't, I'd love to know the thinking behind it. Um, but yeah, someone's just got to be down there going, Oi, get out of here, Tim. I'm taking it, and you you go, you know, on the wing, and I'll kick it to you. It was just bizarre. Yeah, um, I can only assume he was, he was, you know, back on the goal line, and then just not, he just wasn't switched on, and everyone else was like, Oh, we got to go, and all the kick out takers bolted, but without actually going, Oh, geez, yeah. that's the only thing I can assume because I'm, I doubt it was a set play, but the fact. That that we would think it was a set play because it's Bevo who could be prone to the odd footy tactic here and there. Yeah, but I mean, to to be, but just to be playing sixteenth and to kick two goals in the second and third quarter total. So for two quarters, to kick one goal a quarter against sixteenth, like it just they're just no good. they might still sneak into the finals, but I, I think people are really going to start beating on this drum that they're underachieving with this list. Um, I understand you're not just going to sack Bevo. He's got you to a flag, got you another grand final. Good coaches are hard to come by. You don't just, I wouldn't say sack Bevo, you know, just because he's no good. Like you've got to have someone else coming in to replace him. But if you're behind the scenes at the dogs, you've got to be exhausting all options to try and find that person because. Like that, it's just unforgivable that, that those sorts of things. And and this is a team that's been there and, and played in big games and won finals and, and won a premiership part well, part of the list now. That's fading. That's seven years ago. There have been six premier premiership winners since then, plus there'll be one more this year. So um they're like I'd be I'd be ropeable as a dogs fan. Like you got yeah. Marcus Bontempelli, everyone's now saying Oh, Bont might win the Brownlow. You know, Nick Dacos firmed from $5 into $3 for the Brownlow off the back of Bont's lack of a good performance here. <laughs> that, that is crazy. Yeah, like, for one, uh, Dacos might have had enough of a lead that he'll win this one easy. And a bloke called Butters in Port Adelaide's not going too badly either. But yeah, that the Brownlow markets, that's that's bizarre. That Collingwood money sways those markets, surely. Uh, What... A little bit. I mean, Dacos has his votes. He won't get any more. Um, I'm still, I'm just 
keep following my man Petrarca. He's uh, what was a sneaky? He's well, he's his third on the line, on third in in the third line of betting is what I'm trying to say, Tom. Um, and he'll he'll poll well. I just that's a that's a debate for another day. The old the old Charles Brownlow. Um, yeah, but, but this I, is I, this is the dogs. The dogs shot themselves in the foot, and uh, like I obviously admitted where I was wrong last week with Hawthorne, so I was happy to see him win this. And just it, uh, it like the Hawks have now they've knocked off Brisbane, Collingwood, and now the dogs who may still play finals. And you that's can throw three the in there if you like. Yeah. Okay. So they've knocked four of the top eight sides off, and play oh, it, Melbourne this week. Great, great week for a Hawks fan. They they love a little uh, pump up the Hawks fans, and they got it this week. The Hawks uh, articles, the the list turnover it was all positive, as it should be. I mean, a lot to like if you're a Hawks fan, and yeah, even though you know they've probably had an off what five years, you could say um, they still know how to win in Tassie. They just have turned it into a long term fortress. They they just. I mean, this game's at Marvel, potentially a different result, but they've just got a little something going on down there that you you like seeing. And um, I saw Giant Newcomb firsthand uh, when the Saints got the Hawks, and, and he was unbelievable, and he went to another level. with 40 possessions from a mid-season draft pick. You'd, you'd love love that as a Hawks fan. So um, plenty, plenty to like. But I didn't get to ask before, Seb. I was interested. We were talking Bevo. Like, you know, we've loved Ross Lyon, and we've loved um, – Brad Scott coming in this year and what they've done with their sides. I mean, how would either of those coaches go with this dog's list? Um, I'll just for the record, I don't know how many have loved what Ross Lyon's done. Just, just want to be crystal clear on that. It's not aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I'm not talking results wise. I'm just saying. No, no, know, that's fair. Saints are not the most watchable side. Um, well, you'd think they'd get a little bit more out of it than Bevo would. That, but it might. <laughs> Might not be his coaching. It might just be time for a fresh voice. Yeah, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say. I think he's been there nine years now. I think. I think he yeah, was flagged. He came in. Yep. Oh, so he's flagged second year. So this is his ninth year. But yep. Still, long time, long time. Um, just just a thought that maybe maybe it would be better for them if. If there was a fresh voice, but you know, it they certainly won't do it in the off season. Um, it'll just depend on how they probably go next year, and and yeah, I mean, but it's a real interesting one because I still it was a fluke win that sixteen grand final. If he doesn't win that, he wouldn't have stuck around, would he? No, I yeah, he would he would have gone earlier than that. I feel like he there was there was probably turmoil in that 2019-20 period. I think there was some stuff bubbling. They obviously made the granny in 21 and things were looking rosy, but just hasn't got it together since. So look, they're still sitting eighth and they've got West Coast this week. So they're not going anywhere. Um, But that game against the Cats will be monstrously large. Um, What else did you like, Seb? Uh, Do you want to get to my boy as the Saints? You, you, You caught that one and had your, your thoughts on Richmond confirmed. They hate Marvel and they're just tracking for a bottom six finish next year? Yeah, I, I, I did. I mean, I, I watched it. I watched it with some interest just based on the fact that you were so nervous about the Saints and I was so confident that Richmond could not win at Marvel. That's nine in a row. I think they have not won. Yeah, I think that's it. 
so I, I did keep an eye on it, and it was a bit of junk time from the Tigers, wasn't it? Just to just to pepper the margin back a bit, but I think we can now safely say that Andrew McWalter will not be the godfather in waiting. I think most of us knew that coming in, but suddenly Richmond had a spark, and oh, they're back. They were the, this is the year of them being back the Tigers. Well, I really hope they're mathematically eliminated now, aren't they? Uh, look, they're two games out with two games. To yeah, they, no, go, they are. They are. There's yeah. no way to get them in. Uh, no, six points out. You're right. Yep. So they are done officially. Yeah. Because um, there are results where teams are playing each other. So there's no way for them to to sneak over the line. So it, it look, it's a year you probably want your first pick, but they don't have it. So they're just going to have to rework some other things. I mean, There'll be talk as soon as Dimmer signs his deal. There'll be talk of Dusty flying up to the Gold Coast and finishing his career there. Um, Cochin's done. An interesting one. He's retired. Um, Jack Rewalt, you think will follow him out the door? That's three hundred and sorry, that's six hundred and forty odd games of leadership out the door. Trent Cochin just became the all-time AFL games record holder, wearing the number nine Guernsey. Oh, um, there you go. So there's a. There's, there's opportunity galore there for for players at those clubs at that at that club. There's other clubs in this boat, um, and you would think, like well, I don't know where their coaching search is going to be. I don't know who they're going to find. But um, well, it was interesting while you're talking about that. Um, Josh Carr, who is probably the the it assistant coach at the moment, so he's gone to Freo last year, turned their midfield into a juggernaut left them, joined Port Adelaide, turned them around this year. And, you know, he, he was, yeah, the hot coach at the moment uh, and has just declined the Tigers' job if it is available. So I, I did look, I thought that was interesting. He, he probably screams the next candidate, but I think there might be something succession-ish brewing, Seb, at Port Adelaide potentially. Uh, I'm not claiming it as a rumour. I'm, I'm just, I've heard it on radio. So like that's my sources, but a uh, little bit of chatter there, which I thought was interesting. I found it really odd that they're going to try and do a succession plan and that it's been able to be reported. So it's not, from what I understand, it's not written. It's not said that in two years or three years, it's just going to be at some point in the next, sounds like one to four years, they're going to just change over. Why would you let that out? Like, one of the biggest reasons Josh Carr's staying, from what I've heard, is family, kids in school, like they're settled, don't want to uproot them. Um, regardless of what happens this year, I've got a good thing going at Port. And if you're involved in any sort of midfield coach and you've got Butters, Rosie, Horn, Francis and the, and the like there, you know, you'd be excited to hang around and, and keep coaching. So um, why it's being able to be reported that there will be a succession plan, I, I don't know. That's... That's the sort of thing that should not leak out, but it has. Um, we'll just we'll wait and see how it all ends for for, for Kenny and and everything else. Um, he's till they win the premiership, he's coached the most AFL games without playing in a grand final, coaching in a grand final. So, well, yeah, um, that, that's my thing. I, I feel uh, I don't think I've seen a succession plan where it hasn't been either a long time, super successful premiership coach or the other end of the scale where it's a we're struggling, we need to rebuild, we want to keep this good young coach. So Porter, neither of those. <laughs> so it, it's sort of unheralded turf. It's just more we don't want to lose Josh Carr. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll keep him around by dangling this carrot, and that way it sort of saves our back with Kenny either way. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's a bizarre. There's a, obviously there's a reason they haven't gone and locked it in as a succession plan because that just really doesn't work. It doesn't last. I mean, they had Mitchell to Clarko and that went out the window. Buckley, Malthouse, they lasted, but it just wasn't ideal for anyone. Um, it cost them a flag. You just don't know where you're going to be at in two years. I think is the biggest reason why it doesn't work with with a known timeline. Whereas here, it's not announced; it's under the table. But do you think? And and you you keep pointing this out. I was after Kenny after about five weeks this year. Happy to be that guy too. Um, but do you think if they start one and four next year, people aren't going to say, "Oh, succession planning, come Joshy Carr, come on, Kenny." Sorry, mate, we're going to start it now. Like. Just having that out there means the second things don't go well, they lose their finals in straight sets. Oh, geez, maybe we should. Maybe we should do succession plan. Like that'll start coming up. I just Yeah, you're making a rod for your own back in that way. You'd like, be better just off sit- telling Josh off Carr this is what we want to do. Telling Kenny this is what we want to do. We don't know when. We want to stick you around. We want to make sure you're well looked after. We want you to keep looking after his midfield, keep your kids in school. We're going to do everything else we can for you. We're the family club. We're going to do all that. Josh, we want you to come out and just talk to the media and categorically say, no, you're staying, your family's settled, you're happy being the assistant coach here, and that's where you're going to be coaching for the next however long your contract is. Like, that's what they should have done. And there might still be rumors of a succession plan, but not having it being actively reported before Kenny signs the deal. That's just madness. I mean, they're they're flying at the moment, you know, back in the, well, they're entrenched in the top four. They're going to finish up there, but, you know, it it does scream bottom four management right now. But, I mean, winning covers all, Seb, so they're getting away with it. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. They didn't beat the Giants. What were they getting away with? Because they'd lost four in a row to that point, I think. Yeah, that's it. Um, but look, they they needed that one to straighten up. So yeah, look, they 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 get onto that top four spot. But uh, we digress there, Seb, because we were trying to get into the Saints, and we've gone into the coaching uh, merry-go-round, which I know you love. So I'll give you that. But uh, I've got a question for you: Is is Rowan Marshall a legit All Australian contender? Sorry, that, we're that's still, a, that, we're still recording. That, yeah, this is that's not a legit a, question, is it? That is a legit question. If you if you've well, I've seen a lot of them, so maybe I've got my Saints hat on. But look, he hasn't played badly this season, and oh, is that I how you get say, a Guernsey? <laughs> he he's been outstanding then this season, Seb. He, look, if you like your your Ruckman to be pure tap Ruckman, he ain't it. But his influence around the ground, I'm just saying, I think he's in calculations. There doesn't, there's not a screaming obvious candidate this year. So he gets a look in in my books. Uh, yep. That... Like, do you take Maxi Gorn? Is is he the man? Is it? Do you give Tim Tim English a look? Like, who who's your all Australian Ruckman? Uh, I'd have Max Tim English. Um, they'd be the two front runners. Um. You can mount a case for Rowan being close to the squad, but I mean, you just don't like. How do you pick your All Australian, right? How do they do it? Do they actually pick a good ruckman? Because if I'm the ruckman, right, and who are your mids going to be? Like a, he's probably been injured too much, Clayton Oliver. But if your mids are Butters, Dacos, and someone else, Bont, Bont, like you don't want Rowan Marshall. You can't tap it to them. 
you want a ruckman <laughs> who can do. Oh, you just said that. Oh, sorry, I'm using your words. He's not. No, a good no, tap no. I'm saying pure tap. Yeah, I'll give you that one. It just sounded funny the way you delivered it, but yeah. Yeah. You. What I'm saying is, you'd pick the best ruckman as a ruckman, not the best round the ground ruckman, just who competes in the ruck and then gets after it. Because I'm, I'm looking. You've you've prompted me to look at it, Tom, and he's. I mean, a hundred clearances, a hundred tackles. 414 disposals. It looks like he's on top for all those. He's on top in all those categories for those that have had um, north of 275 hit outs. So that's that's no it's no mean feat. Um, but, I mean, Bailey J. Williams from West Coast has had 75 tackles and 88 clearances just behind Rowan, and no one's really like, He's kicked one less goal. Rowan's got six goals. Tim English has got thirteen goals, ninety-five. Like it, I, I'd be Tim English until he took that kick out was probably leading in everyone's mind. Um, look and look, I'll, I, he's leading in mine. But I, I look, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when we beat the Ruse, we were I've sort of cut through half our list. But he, he is a genuine talent that we've got. Yes, the the pure ruck side needs work, but. Yeah, around the ground, that extra midfield ruck, he is one of the best doing it. He might be able to use this year as a launching pad for next year because you have to be like you the reason campaign, I say yeah. Max Gorn's in, and if you look at it and think about it, it's not it's not really because of what he's done this year. It's because you know he is the best and what he's done last year, and he's played some of his best footy in games this year, but not all year. So you, it's it's definitely a two to three year rolling award, but. No, uh, you know he's a boy from Portland. He's he's done all right, Royal Marshall. I'll take that, Seb. Uh, I did have to set it up to get it, but I I got there in the end. Now, look, take the points and run. Uh, you know we're we're sitting. Oh, we're still okay. Sorry, still, still a little, little buffer, but no, I'm I'm leading to to the game against the Cats, which is the, basically an elimination final of sorts on the weekend. And if you thought I didn't think we could beat the Tigers, I don't know us performing against the Cats, but we'll see. We did beat them last year. I'm I'm hanging on to that. Oh, there, thank God yeah. it's at Marvel and not one of their games at uh, GMHBA in the back half. Yeah, we've had some long, long trips down to the Cattery, oh, cold trips word. where we barely kicked a goal. So I'm glad it's not there as well. Um, did you have any other winners for the weekend? Freo, I guess we can glaze over that. That was a bit of a training drill run, although, you know, Speaking of Ruckman, Luke Jackson's playing the best footy of his Fremantle career without Sean Darcy running around. There's probably something there. Um, Brisbane, hugely important win against the Crows. I mean, that's probably a game that we mentioned before that got lost uh, in the awesome Matildas win, but that was super important for the Lions to win that one. It was, and Adelaide took it right up to them, and I thought they were going to maybe sneak over the top. Um, so it was a mature win from the Lions. It was good to see Adelaide turn up away from home. That's something they're going to need to do if they want to do anything in September. Um, but yeah. the Lions at home, you just sort of expect them to get that job done. And with their experience in those tight games, you think they're going to win them? Well, I was going to ask you, um, you know, the Crows have had probably, they're probably leading the honourable losses Um 2023 a reward, you know, they've lost the pies by what single digits both times. Uh, I think they, well, they, obviously there's this one. Was it Melbourne as well? I think they got within three, might have been three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you put the honourable losses down to? Is it, well, the close losses, I guess, are they just inexperienced against the good teams? Is it 
you know, good launching pad for next year. I mean, they, they could be pushing the top four, to be honest. If you flip all four of those games, that's four extra wins. Why aren't they uh, getting the job done in these close ones? Because now, you know, four, you know, that I've just named four, you know, is that a trend? Uh, no, I mean, they've also been garbage away from home at times. Like, they're just young. So they're up and they're down. They can play some really scintillating footy, but they can also get scored against on the back end um, when they don't have the ball. So they have had some good performances, some close losses, but they, I mean, was it, where did they play the dogs? They might as well have not turned up for that game. Yeah, Ballarat. From memory. Um, Like, lost to the Giants round one. Lost to the Tigers. Like, lost to the at home. Tigers at home. It just there's just some performances in there that it just doesn't you know, close loss to the pies. Fantastic. Like great. Then forty to eighty five against the against the dogs. Beat the Lions at home. Lost to the Suns. But then it just it's just so up and down. And they got pants by the bombers. It was yeah. it was three goals, which I said wasn't a shellacking, and I still stand by that. But Bombers were well in control, and Adelaide got some late, and it's it's not a big sort of belting on the scoreboard. Lost to the Giants twice, so yeah, it's interesting. Well, it's leading me, Seb. This is a question without notice. So, if the Crows make it, do they deserve to be there and take yeah. away? Obviously, if whoever make it, makes you deserve... it deserves to be okay, there. Okay, well, you, you've flattened my question, but I mean, Carlton Saints, Sydney Dogs, Essendon Giants, Cats, Crows. I mean, if they make it, I guess they've earned it, but. Would I mean, are you uncomfortable with any of those teams being in it, given they've all been inconsistent at different times of the year? I mean, are they making up the numbers? They obviously are. That inconsistency from the top four, but yeah, yeah. Well, that inconsistency is why they're in the bottom half of the eight and not the top half. They have not been consistent enough to win those games and be be in the top four. Um, I mean, people are saying Essendon don't deserve it. They played North Melbourne or West Coast twice, but look at them. They had to work for those wins and they got there. So they get the four points. Next year, they don't get a draw where they face the bottom bit of the ladder. Like, you've got to win. It looks like you're going to have to win 12 games and win some of them well to get your percentage up enough to get in. So you've got to be slightly better than average because that's 12 wins, 11 losses based on 23 games with one buy in there over 24 rounds. So you, you don't actually, to make the finals year on year, you don't actually have to be much better than just average. And that's not, that's been the case pretty much since, well, not pretty much since the top eight's been instituted because it was eight of 16. Yeah. Which literally means the team just above average is eight. So, inconsistent all you want that's that's those are those teams that's why they're there there's with the buy there's a little bit more of an element of take the buy reset and make sure you're informed coming into it and see if you can carry that form right through but only the dogs have been able to do it i'd be very surprised if a team outside the top four currently were able to do it and finish and win the premiership carlton look like the only chance and that's bizarre to say, given they were four, eight, and one at one stage. Um, but they've come home with a wet sail. They can get to 14, eight, and one, which is 58 points, which is pretty darn close. Um, but I, I, I can't fold any. Like, 
how do you like how do you say some team doesn't deserve it? Like, did the dogs deserve their spot in the eight last year? I mean, you make arguments. Can't were there all year. You you probably feel that they were hard done by, but I mean, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't win enough to get there. So that's it. After twenty two games last year, they'd won the same amount of games. But the dogs had scored more points than their opponents by point oh one, so they get in. It just, I mean, every year I've I've said this many times. There's a race for that eighth spot. Teams are everyone. So. The dogs are doing it. Bombers, giants, cats, crows, they're all looking at it and going, if this happens and that happens and this happens and we can make eighth. And they all do it. And then whichever team gets that privilege, they're going to play a red-hot Carlton who nobody will be tipping that team to beat Carlton at the MCG that in that first week of September. Yeah, yeah and you're right there. So, yeah, I guess yeah, you can get, get like get sucked in. I guess it, I, I'm, I was framing it, I guess, more because, yeah, I mean, it's just – wild the inconsistency in that patch of the ladder maybe i mean the afl obviously loves it because they love the unpredictability but um you know yeah the ladder doesn't lie so we're going to see how it finishes at the end of the year seven i'm hoping it goes the right way for the for my team and and others but how confident the saints are you because i've got a little bet that if you're real confident the saints can start rolling you should have a little nibble you're 250 to one to finish in the top four as in, like, make prelim week. No, no, finish top four. Oh, on still the finished in top four. Cheeks. Uh, look, yeah, I'm I'm trying to justify it in my head. If because I don't, I don't know about beating the wines at the Gabba, but if they've wrapped up a top two spot, queue in the rack, we could be a look in. We have to beat the Cats this week by plenty, obviously. Um, I can't tell you the last time we absolutely belted the Cats. Uh, it wasn't an AFL game. It was probably the Wizard Cup 04, so it's been a while. Uh, actually, no, we did belt them in round one, 2004, right after that Wizard Cup win. Uh, Garrick tore Scarlet a new one. But it's been a while between drinks, so it would be – I'm not thinking that, Seb. I'm, I'm – I'm looking at ways we make it, even if we don't win any games. So I don't know if I'm, I don't, I can't dream of the top four. I'm sorry. That's all right. Just, uh, just a little something to tickle your fancy. Talking to Saints. Um, there've been a few retirements, Tom. Oh, you read there've my mind. I was few. just about to jump into this, so it, we'll we'll catch the ones, I guess. What from end well, of podcast last week? Because there was a few after we. I'm just going to read recorded. them all out because there's. There's a fair, I've got them all here. I've got them all here. Um, obviously, I was at Ben Cunnington's last game, which was which was just it was phenomenal. There was not everyone was proud of of the man in that moment, but hey, they should be um, a few that have been announced. I think earlier in the year, Fisher McCasey from Adelaide retired. Oh, you're going right back, right? To oh, the start we're getting of the year. them all. Max Lynch retired concussion, I believe. Concussion, yeah. Jason Castagna retired. Shit. Um, <laughs> Triple Premiership player somehow. Yeah, I hey, I found out Jack Higgins played the most games out of any Tiger in that era not to play in a premiership. Yeah, unfortunately, I knew that one, but that's that's it's, true. That's no, hey, that's no slide on the Saints, Tom. Just because he's at the Saints now, like it's, I just found that interesting. That you could play forty-seven games and not manage to get in that grand final side. But no, um, it is an interesting one because I, I, you know, we we know that for the Tigers. I'd love to know, like, you know, the the cat who was unlucky, or the lion, or the hawk in that era that didn't get one because, yeah. Plenty of opportunity, that's for sure. That's right. Um, you got Andrew Phillips retire, retiring from the Bombers. 
Uh, Isaac Smith, I'm going to call him a great friend of the podcast, which is a real stretch. Um, he's retiring for the Cats. Uh, North Melbourne, along with Ben Cunnington, Aaron Hall, and Jack Zebel. Yep. Going out. So Jack Zebel, this is true. He's retired. He's playing his last game this weekend against Richmond, not um, against the Suns in Tassie in the last round. He wants to play his last game on the same ground he played his first game on. Now, we don't Jeez, often. It's nice if you can get it. Don't often play at the MCG, Tom. Very rare. Can yeah, I? This, yeah. is, this is true. He's played after this weekend. He will have played twenty-two games on the MCG. You know, he's played twenty times in WA. That's uh, that's amazing. Whoa! It's Eight almost it, as much as stadium. the G. Yeah. It, yes, it is absolutely bizarre. Jeez, um, it just that shows, I guess. Well, it's a, it's a fixture in quirk, and I, I will say as well, like you know, he's probably you played a fair few finals in that what 13, 14, 15, 6, or well, probably not sixteen. He didn't play a final at the G, but would have would have added at least four or five just from finals. Yeah, he's played eight finals. Um, what did we get the finals? I'll be able to tell you, Tom. There is Essendon and Geelong. They were both at the MCG. Oh, did get one final in Perth though against West Coast. We've got two finals in Perth against West Coast, I believe. Um, where yeah, are 20, we? 2012 and twenty fifteen the prelim. Yep. So one two. That's, then that's a crazy one against stat, Richmond. Though. Went over to Adelaide and no more. Um, it is it is crazy. It just shows you how it's it's absolutely ridiculous. The grand final is scheduled at the MCG, yet only the home it's literally only the home teams get to play there. Even the Victorian clubs who are not regular um whose home games marvel, they rarely get to play there. Essendon are probably the exception because they do get sort of Anzac Day and the reverse against Carlton Collingwood. Uh, whereas if North play Carlton Collingwood, it's always, always at Marvel. Um, same with the Saints. Obviously, you play the Bombers there in a rare MCG match. But th- I just saw that stat and thought, that's just that's just crazy in this era that that, that can happen. Um, and he'll go out 280 games. Um, yeah, solid, solid career. I actually, felt, for some unknown reason, remember when you drafted him, uh, a bloke where we want to, pull over uh, his car and send us a mailbox. Uh, and I were at Blake's entrance and I think, oh, this this bloke's starting with a Z. Oh, yeah, he'll see how he goes. I don't know if you thought you'd get 280 games out of him in 2008, Seb, but it, it, it'll, I'll miss it because he's been a character that we've been able to add to the show, Seb, given your reactions to him of late. Uh, you might need to find a new whipping boy for next year. Yeah, I'm happy to put Happy, really happy to not have him in the team. I, I, we, I'd rather not go negative because he has been a great servant and player for our club. Um, but it was definitely time in 21, and here we are in 23, and he's called time, but it's time. Yep. Uh, who, who else we got on, on the list? Uh, Aaron Hall, retired from North, will not get a farewell game. Um, he will, if he. If he's announced at a sportsman's dinner, it would be formerly of the Gold Coast Suns and North Melbourne Football Club and led to Brownlow after round three in whatever year it was. Aaron Hall, like that's how he'd be announced. That's all he'll be remembered for. Um, Trent Cochin will retire. Robbie Tarrant has retired. Not able to get back from that. um, Was his shoulder again? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
Lance Franklin, obviously everyone's across that one. Paddy McCartan today announced yep. his retirement due to concussion. Um, he's only played 67-odd games in, in 10 years, but, geez, he's absolutely had to fight for everything, and, and he can go out knowing he gave his all um, over his journey. And then West Coast, we've got Shannon Hearn, Nat Nui, and, and Luke Shuey all retiring. Um, so some legends of the game there, Tom. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't sure what Nick Nat would do. So that, that, I mean, I can't blame him because he, he, he always seemed to have some sort of niggle going or something. Uh, you know, we, I don't know, we, did we, I'm trying to think if we got season after season of him in full flight. I don't know if we quite, we did, but when he was in full flight, geez, it was something to see. So he'll be missed. Yeah. yeah I mean, Luke Shuey's sure Norm Smith medalist, Shannon Hearn, premiership captain. You know, it's a it's definitely a new era at West Coast, and they they need to bring on that next run after what we saw on the weekend, biggest derby or derby loss uh, in in that matchups history. Uh, sorry, West Coast lost in that matchup. So, yeah, plenty to work on, but yeah, that there's some massive holes uh, to fill there uh, that they won't do easily. So, but look, take nothing away, three awesome careers. So yeah, there's some fair names. Uh, what's it the the Madden Medal that they give out to the best outgoing player of a class uh you think buddy it, it should accept the medal now yep yep if it's best just best player buddy um best resume you're probably still buddy eight all australians um cochin well, yeah who goes well, cochin and isaac smith isaac probably doesn't have the individual all australian best and fairest type honors um, but does have the four flag, four um, premierships in the Norm Smith. Cotchen's got the uh, the second hand brown though, but with um, the chocolate in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, All Australian once, I think, once for Trent Cotchen. Um, yeah, twenty twelve, I think, off the top of my head. I, I think I it saw. was the Brownlow year. Um, yeah, twenty twelve, three time. Premiership captain and only one. Oh, three time best of Ferris, really? Oh, well done. Well done, Koch. Um, oh, they'd be, both be pretty happy with their careers um, and how it panned out. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, oh, there always is. There's always a few guns retiring, Tom. Um, well, while you've uh, been mentioning that one, I've I've actually gone in and had a look at the Madden Medal. It's it's a pretty established medal, Sev. It's been going since two thousand seven. When do they give these? Is Darcy Parish won it yet? When do they give them out? <laughs> no, Darcy Parish hasn't won it yet. I think they give it out early, sometime in October. Um, you know, obviously when the season's done and the dust settled, but they don't tend to muck around. So I'll, look, I'll whip whip through the names. It's it's a pretty solid list. So from 07 down, uh, Glenn Archer, Robert Harvey, Mickey O'Loughlin, Brett Kirk, Cameron Ling, Luke Power, Jude Bolton, Lenny Hayes, Chris Judd, Matthew Pavlich, Nick Rewalt, Brendan Goddard, Luke Hodge, Gary Ablett Jr. and Eddie Betts. So that's... you think... Sorry, you go. I was just going to say, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, geez, that Lenny, Judd, Pavlich, Rewalt patch is pretty strong. Um, but he's getting his name added to that medal. Don't worry about that. But, yeah, look, I knew it had been around, but that that's that's a solid amount. 
that's a long-term medal almost. Not, not sorry, it doesn't have a ton of fanfare, but it's established. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. It's I don't even know if I'll give you that, Tom. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know the medal existed. That's I guess that's what I'm. That's where I'm coming from. Would um, you want that one or the Gary Ayres medal? The Gary uh, Ayres medal. Yeah, you so you got that one ahead of it. Yeah, that, and that's probably fair. Yeah, that means something. This is just luck. So last year, Eddie Betts. Did you give it to Eddie Betts or Sean Berg? Well, I was actually surprised. Well, I was going to say Joel Selwood was a little stiff. Did he announce his retirement too late for the medal? It could have been. Look, I don't know the criteria. Again, it's not probably one that's widely known. No, well, he was 22. Burgoyne? No, no, no. Eddie Betts retired in 2021. Oh, thanks. Thanks to Wikipedia. So, uh, look, it doesn't have last year. They haven't updated that. So, that's on me. I'm assuming it's Joel Selwood. Uh, he, he would have had to win it for sure. Um, my mates at Wikipedia letting me down. Uh, but yeah, it, some fantastic names. Um, I don't think it was given out last year. That's how prestigious this one is. I think it's gone. Okay, so there it is. It's done. <laughs> I've retired. You learn something. That, that's learning on the fly. There you go. It is. The other one that stood out, 2018, Goddard. I reckon I'll find someone who was... So I like I would... I would um, Sean Burgoyne, 400 games. Um, and what big games, big fun. He was, he was um, 2021. Yeah, there you go. So he, he would have been Eddie Betts. What year was Boomer given the boot? He, he should have, he could have given it a shake. What, what uh, sixteen, that? so Pavlich. So, oh no, that's that's yeah, he's Pav's, Pav's that. all timer sort of stuff. Um, there you go. Uh, well, we're we're digressing. Do you have any changes to your pyramid, Seb? It's uh, we learnt a little bit more, obviously, as we do every week. Have you? you the nah, can, consolidated at top. Have you can you move the power lines or D's or based on anything? No, I'd have to have Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane, Carlton, St Kilda. The top six currently are the six most likely teams to win the premiership. That is there a you fact. Go. Short and sharp. This pyramid, no controversy. A few teams no. lingering, but I'll take it. I'm I'm throwing the cats out. I don't think that. I, I think St Kilda beat them this weekend. Wow, well, you've been good at picking the Saints and I haven't, so I'll stick with your form, Seb. Yep, come with me. Come with me, Saints fans. I'll lead you to the finals. I was uh, about to say the promised land, but I can't quite get you there this year. No, nah, don't, you don't need to be doing that. I've had mates that have guaranteed me we'd win it after certain results and they didn't pull through. So don't you don't want to get a Saints fan hopes up too high. Uh, yeah, you've got no problems doing it yourself, do you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, who? Did, what do you like this round? You, I mean, we've we've sprinkled it throughout the episode that there's some enormous games, but let, let's go through them. So Friday night doesn't get bigger than that. One v two at the second last round of the year. That's massive. Shades ninety eight said. But well, yeah, but, but what are they playing for? Well, the Lions are playing for a top two spot. I reckon they're playing not to get hurt. Um. Big game, but I'm much more. I guess what I'm saying is I'm much more interested in the finals implications for fifth through to twelfth. So Saturday so you, night, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, I feel like Brisbane might win that because Collingwood will, will shut off a little bit. Um, it it's at Marvel. It's not at the G. It's not yeah, the G. Okay. If it's at the G. Well, yeah. Brisbane will be cooked. Like, forget about it. Marvel, 
different set of rules, it seems, for Brisbane and Richmond. Um, but Saturday night, the Giants bombers into Saints, Cats, Adelaide, Sydney. Like right there, we'll know where the finals sit. Right it, there, it's a super. You know, the super Saturday gets thrown around a lot, uh, but you couldn't really top that for for drama, could you? No, no. It, it, it'll probably be better than the final round. Well, it may well be. It may not be, Tom. The final round will depend on how this round goes. Like you see. Saints win, they're in, sort of thing. Um, Sunday, the dogs might set some sort of all-time record playing the Eagles. Yeah, like, on off the rebound, <laughs> off the rebound. West Coast, like those retirees, will not travel. Oh, well, it's really just Shannon Hearn. The other two are parentally hurt, but Shannon Hearn won't travel. They might rest a few others. They'll send half a team down here. The dogs will be like, right, we're going to get back onto this. That'll be like. 100 plus, 120 plus, I reckon. Well, um, we have seen the dogs, uh, you know, they, they don't mind. They can get to the triple figures, given the talent that they've got, funnily enough. Yeah, they, they know how to seem. do it. Um, it's a danger game for Melbourne, but Hawthorne, just a young side, probably due to drop off. Um, and Port Freo, like Port, just have to make sure they don't get caught up. They should. They're a better side, but Freo have found some form and they'd be full of confidence to round out the, the round. Um, Carlton might. Drop their winning streak against the Suns. Oh, that's a real danger. That's they, sneaky. they do not play well up there against the Suns. It's a real danger game. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I've got to agree with you there because it, we're trusting this Carlton team more and more. But this is the kind of result in the past they probably let this one slip, and they have let this one slip in the past. I think it might have coached. The coach cost uh, was it Teague or might have been Bolton? They they had a late season loss to the Suns a few years ago that just uh, put a line through the coaching regime at that time. Um, you glazed over Richmond and and North. Not a chance for a sneaky win, Seb. Richmond season done. Um, I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to the movies while this game's on. That's how. <laughs> Oppenheimer. That's how, yes, yes, Oppenheimer. Yep. That's how done with this season I am. Uh, we won't beat the Tigers at the G. That will be loss number 20. What is it? Uh, well, you won your first two. What it would be 22 games. So it'd be 20, yeah. Oh, is that t- I thought we hit 20 on the weekend. Oh, no, we're going for 20. Yeah. This could be, this is, yeah, this streak will stay alive. Um, yeah, no, it's, it was, well, there's no, there's no implication. Like the, the Tigers don't even have a pick. Like that pick's gone to, the Giants. So, I mean, that's the other thing teams are watching for. Like Melbourne are hoping Port Adelaide do a number on the Dockers to to keep that pick nice and low. And um, I'd be I'd love Freo to knock Port Adelaide off because North have got their I could pick. see that. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, yeah. No, you can you can forgo the Richmond North Melbourne game. There's not a whole lot in that one. Well, save your uh, your credits for for this. Yeah, that's at the I. I I knew those games were this round, Seb. I actually uh, didn't know that they were all sort of back to back. Even the, yeah, that it'll be a live ladderer's dream with that Saturday, uh, Crow Swans, Cats, Saints. It'll be bouncing around. Uh, well, we'll be here at the end of the week to cover it all, Seb. I, I am massively pumped. Uh, it, it's, I can't believe there's actually only two games left in the year. It's absolutely flown. And look, bring on, bring on the finals because the season we've had with the movement of the ladder and teams uh, performing, getting on hot streaks and whatnot. 
it's just setting up for an all-time final series. So I can't. It's going to be an all-time great finish, but yeah, it's leading to an all-time final series. Yep, I think we're all ready for a big September. <laughs>